Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Hola, chicas. Hola, chicos. I come to you live from Franklin, Tennessee. (coughs) Excuse me. Well, excuse my rudeness. I had a frog in my throat. All right. So today we're going to talk about Tradition 10, which is actually a pretty super cool tradition. If you're joining me for the first time, you are in the series where I talk about a tradition per podcast. I have made a traditions playlist. So if you go onto our SoundCloud page or our iPods page, wherever you grab your sound, um, your podcasts, you'll see that we have several playlists. There's one for the steps, there's one for the traditions, there's Julie's shot glasses, Lisa's shot glasses. The difference is that Lisa and I have our own separate podcasts. Um, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, doesn't matter. Okay, so tradition 10. Uh, The long form that we read in the meeting goes as such. 10. No AA group or member should ever, in such a way as to implicate AA, express any opinion on outside controversial issues, particularly those of politics, alcohol reform, or sectarian religion. The Alcoholics Anonymous groups oppose no one. Concerning such matters, they can express no views, whatever. Damn! Oh, I'm supposed to do a jingle for each tradition. 10. What rhymes with 10? Tradition 10. Go tell your friend Ben that tradition 10. La 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 len. Okay, done. Tradition 10. This is the short version followed by the reading in the 12 and 12 on page 176. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. What does that tradition mean, Bill and Bob? Well, let us tell you, dear beloved listener. Never since it began has Alcoholics Anonymous been divided by a major controversial issue, nor has our fellowship ever publicly taken sides on any question in an embattled world. This, however, has been no earned virtue. It could almost be said that we were born with it, for, as one old-timer recently declared, practically never have I heard a heated religious, political, or reform argument among AA members. So long as we don't argue these matters privately, it's a cinch. We shall never do so publicly. As I love you Southerners. As by some deep instinct, we AAs have known from the very beginning that we must never, no matter what the provocation, publicly take sides in any fight, even a worthy one. All history affords us the spectacle of striving nations and groups finally torn asunder because they were designed for or tempted into controversy. Others fell apart because of sheer self-righteousness while trying to enforce upon the rest of mankind some millennium of their own specification. In our own times, we have seen millions die in political and economic wars often spurred by religious and racial difference. We live in the imminent possibility of a fresh holocaust to determine how men and women shall be governed and how the products of nature and toil shall be divided among them. That is the spiritual climate in which AA was born and by God's grace has nevertheless flourished. 
Let us re-emphasize that this reluctance to fight one another or anybody else is not counted as some special virtue which makes us feel superior to other people. Nor does it mean that the members of Alcoholics Anonymous, now restored as citizens of the world, are going to back away from their individual responsibilities to act as they see the right upon issues of our time. But when it comes to AA as a whole, that's quite a different matter. In this respect, we do not enter into public controversy because we know that our society will perish if it does. We conceive the survival and spread of Alcoholics Anonymous to be something of far greater importance than the weight we could collectively throw back of any other cause. Since recovery from alcoholism is life itself to us, it is imperative that we preserve in full strength our means of survival. Maybe this sounds as though the alcoholics in AA had suddenly gone peaceable and become one great big happy family. Of course this isn't so at all. Human beings that we are, we squabble. Before we leveled off a bit, AA looked more like one prodigious squabble than anything else, at least on the surface. A corporation director who had just voted a company expenditure of $100,000 would appear at an AA business meeting and blow his top over an outlay of $25 worth of needed postage stamps. Disliking the attempt of some to manage a group, half its membership might angrily rush off to form another group more to their liking. Elders, temporarily turned Pharisee, have sulked. Pharisee was the religious elite in ancient Israel. Bitter attacks have been directed against people suspected of mixed motives. Despite their din, our puny rose never did AA a particle of harm. They were just part and parcel of learning to work and live together. Let it be noted, too, that they were almost always concerned with ways to make AA more effective, how to do the most good for the most alcoholics. The Washingtonian Society, a movement among alcoholics which started in Baltimore a century ago, almost discovered the answer to alcoholism. At first, the society was composed entirely of alcoholics trying to help one another. The early members foresaw that they should dedicate themselves to this sole aim. In many respects, the Washingtonians were akin to AA of today. Their membership passed the 100,000 mark. Had they been left to themselves and had they stuck to their one goal, they might have found the rest of the answer. But this didn't happen. Instead, the Washingtonians permitted politicians and reformers, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, to use the society for their own purposes. Abolition of slavery, for example, was a stormy political issue then. Soon, Washingtonian speakers violently and publicly took sides on this question. Maybe the society could have survived the abolition controversy, but it didn't have a chance from the moment it determined to reform America's drinking habits. When the Washingtonians became temperance crusaders, being no booze, within a very few years they completely lost their effectiveness in helping alcoholics. The lesson to be learned from the Washingtonians was not overlooked by Alcoholics Anonymous. As we surveyed the wreck of that movement, early AA members resolved to keep our society out of public controversy. Thus was laid the cornerstone for Tradition 10. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought to be never drawn into public controversy. So, I'm glad I read that because I always thought it was any person in AA should not have a public opinion about matters that might 
refer to alcoholism. And now I know it's sticking to the primary purpose, right? To still help the suffering alcoholic. Like that's what our purpose is. That's what our mission is. That's what step step 12 is. So if we start as an AA giving, for example, our, well, this is when we're talking about lend the AA name, but if we have opinion on outside issues, especially religious and political, the swath of people we can help would be greatly limited. So I love that our society is one built on love and tolerance, that our main focus and goal is to still help the suffering alcoholic, and that we keep outside issues to outside issues. Outside issues, by the way, are not drugs and mental health issues. Outside issues are exactly what this is talking about. We're talking about world issues like socio-political, economic stuff, political stuff, religious stuff, morals and ethics, family life. Like that's none of our business. People come into AA to focus on their recovery. This is why it's important to not talk about outside issues. We all have lives out there. And we make space for an hour a week or two hours a week, however you meetings you tend to go to. A meeting is one hour typically. I need that one hour to focus on my recovery. I need that one hour to remember I'm an alcoholic and I need to practice the principles of my program. I don't I can go to the outside world for any and all other things, but our sacred society deals with helping people recover from a hopeless condition of mind and body that is addiction. So I happen to like Tradition 10 and I actually like this reading. It was um, very clarifying for me. I'm just going to see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about before I end our little chat. This is a short read, wasn't it? Oh, this stood out to me. Well, no, it didn't. I was going to say publicly take sides in any fight. Um... Yeah, I'm tired, y'all. It's so hot here and so wonderful. I'm just overwhelmed by how much I love Franklin, Tennessee and Nashville, Tennessee. I wish I could move here, but alas, I cannot. However, I am here for another two weeks and I tend to soak up every bit that I can of this wonderful place. So for all of you out there that have not been to a meeting in a while because of COVID, meetings are starting to open. There are some down here. I have not been to them in person. I assume it's going to have the same rules and structure as other places opening, which are masks and hand sanitizer and social distancing. But I miss my tribe so much. I cannot wait to go to a meeting. I'm going to see if I can go to one while I'm here. And I will report back to you about how awesome it was. Because that's what our meetings are. They're awesome. And I'm sorry to those of you who are finding yourself really discombobulated over what's going on. I urge you to dig deeper into your program. Call your sponsor. Call other people in the program. Because it's the program that gets us sober. The fellowship is an added bonus in our day and age. But it's the program that gets us sober. It's the solution to our problem of addiction. I hope that was helpful to you. I hope wherever you are, you're having a good day. I pray for you. I wish you well, and I will talk to you soon.